And so I just want to challenge you uh, today, uh, stay connected to the body of Christ and committed. Uh, it just, it matters. So we are in a new sermon series this month called Cadence. Um, have you guys heard of that word before? Cadence, right? Having to do with rhythm. There was a movie from a long time ago, and, and I have not seen it in forever, so I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it was called, I think it was called Cadence, and um, it was an army movie. Um, but today we're talking about living in step with the Spirit of God, and we're going to be looking at it from God's point of view, which is helpful. And so let's pray this morning as we get into the Word, and whether you have your physical Word or your digital Word is great, but let's open our hearts and minds today as we hear from the Lord. So Father, thank you just for the opportunity to be in your presence. God, we thank you where two or three are gathered, you are already here. And so, Lord, we honor you as King of kings and Lord of lords in this place, in this sanctuary. God, over the next few moments, Father, we pray that your word will just illuminate in our hearts. God, that you will speak truth to us. God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you care about each need, you care about each person and what we're going through. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. <laughs> and so, God, we trust you this morning that you're going to speak individually to each person what they need to hear today. God, we thank you for this opportunity to learn, to grow. And God, I pray that you will continue to give this body a hunger and thirst for your righteousness, a hunger for your word, which is our daily bread. And so God, we thank you and praise you in your precious name. Amen. All right, so the word cadence, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's defined this way. A modulation in reading aloud as implied by the structure and ordering of words and phrases in a written text, all right? So we're talking about cadence, which is rhythm, which is tempo, the beat, speech pattern, all right? Would you agree or not agree that that matters, <laughs> right? I mean, we just got done worshiping, yeah? Now, worship teams aren't meant to be perfect, right? They're not performances, so of course there's going to be errors and things like that, but you, anytime you're listening to music, right? You want to listen to something that's on beat, something that's like not off cue, right? So rhythm matters. Beat matters. Cadence matters. Just like when you're listening to a podcast or even to a pastor or somebody teach, it matters their rhythm of how they talk. Has anybody ever been to either a lecture or you've listened to a podcast and you're like, I got to turn this off or I got to leave because the person their cadence is either really slow and drawn out and monotone, and you're like, I can't do this. Has, any, has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Yes. Okay? Yes. All right. So it, ma it matters. <laughs> oh. I think we can all agree that listening to a book with a horrible narrator is just awful, right? Just for a moment, think about a song that you recently listened to and how either the rhythm added to the song or took away from the song. Just think about that, how that affects you, right? And just like music and reading or public speaking, there's a right rhythm and a wrong one, a healthy cadence and a non-healthy cadence. One of the first places that we see godly cadence is in the rhythm of creation. 
And we're going to go back to that today. When God created the cosmos, he was clearly in the groove. And you're going to see that in a minute. He was just like, you know, he was, he was in a cadence in Genesis 1. All that he created was good. And he said that. And if it was good enough for God, what he set in motion back in Genesis, back in the beginning, he set these rhythms, these cadence for life in motion. If it's good enough for God, then it certainly should be good enough for us. Amen? <laughs> I'm sure many of you have already heard of some of these verses that we're going to go through in Genesis 1, or maybe you even memorized some of them in Sunday school. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to look at the, the whole chapter today. So you're going to have to bear with me because we're going to read through quite a few scriptures. Um, but it starts off in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And before we read it, I want to just bring our attention to something. All right. Genesis obviously means in the beginning, but you have to understand in this story of God of creation, God is putting into play his plans and purposes for everything else. Literally. Genesis is the foundation for everything else that we understand as life and Christianity and our relationship with Jesus. It all starts in the beginning. Now, don't you think it's important if God put it at the beginning, if God put it as a priority number one, right? We should probably pay attention, <laughs> right? Because he's like way smarter than we are. <laughs> Created the complete universe, spoke it into existence. We are tiny little human on one little small planet. Right? So if he put all this in play, we all the more should we trust who he is. All right, so Genesis chapter 1, here we go. Open up your scripture to that. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Whatever translation you have will work, all right? So buckle up, all right? You guys good? Yeah. You guys ready? All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and then morning came, making the first day. Starting to see a rhythm. All right, here we go. Verse six, then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of heaven from the waters of earth. And that is what happened. God made the space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called this space sky. And evening passed and a morning came, making, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the land sprout vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees 
of the same kind. <laughs> Are you getting that right? Same kind, right? Can't produce something else. And God saw that it was good. Verse 13, and evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons and days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Are you getting into the rhythm? Can you see as God is creating, as God is doing this, there begins to see a pattern. You begin to see a rhythm of what he's setting into place, what he's setting into motion as creation is being created. I hope, if, I hope you can be visual as we're reading through this and just seeing how God would have been able to do that. How amazing. What, a, what an artist, what a creator, right, to be able to do this. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds, birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offering, offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, right? From the beginning, he created things to create things in the same kind. So good. And God saw that it was good. Did I skip on? God made all sorts of wild animals. Yep, okay, sorry. And he said it was good. Verse 26, then God said, let us make human beings. Yay, this is when we come into play. Let us, all right? So, so God is referring to the Trinity right there, right? God, Father, Holy Spirit. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Again, specific order, specific cadence, specific rhythm to life, how God placed it in the very beginning. Verse 28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your good, for your food. 
And I have given every green plant as food for the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he said, that was very good. He didn't just say that was good. He said that was very good. After he created us, after he got to that point, how amazing, right? And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. And we're almost done. Hold on, a couple more verses. Chapter two. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Verse two, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from his work. Mm. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So you see, from the beginning of time, from when God began creation, this pattern, this cadence, this rhythm, and he set into motion how his plans and purposes for mankind, right? Genesis 1, Genesis 2. We were created in his image. We belong to him. There is an order. We are to be fruitful and to multiply. (laughs) And do you see how far we've gotten away from the beginning plans, right? For all of sin and fall short of the glory of the God, we decide that we don't want God's order. We don't want his cadence in life. We want to do our own thing. We got it figured out. Thank you, Lord. That's what happened in humankind. We kind of just said, yeah, thank you, but we got this. Yeah, right? Six days work, one day rest. We know that as Sabbath. That is a cadence of work and life, a rhythm that we as humans, there are godly limitations that God has put on us from the beginning And so often we think we can do more, be more than how God has established us. And what that's doing is it's ripping away our soul and our core and our families. And there's so many things because our priorities are out of whack. We have gotten things out of balance. We've gotten them out of sorts. Instead of going back to, okay, God, how did you plan this from the beginning? What were your purposes? And those were six days work, one day rest. It is so important that we, as followers of Christ, are following that same rhythm, that same pattern. Have you guys heard of the word circadian rhythm? Anybody? Okay. The very word circadian comes from two Latin words, circa and diem, which you put them together, they mean around a day. So circadian rhythms are physical, mental, and behavior changes that follow a 24-hour cycle, all right? Uh, These natural processes respond primarily to light and dark and affect most living things, including animals, plants, and microbes. All that to say, the importance of a day cannot be overstated. And amazingly, God has hardwired humanity with like internal software to set a daily cadence called circadian rhythm, all right? So we we are created for this 24-hour kind of rhythm of life. And admittedly, there's a lot that can happen in a single 24-hour period, right? Do you ever feel like that? Like, wow, that was 
A lot just went, just, a lot just happened within just those 24 hours. Some days seem to zoom past us and some seem to drag on. Every one of them are different. But there's a routine, there's a pattern to most of our lives, right? And sometimes things are out of our control. Um, and to be fair, it's often difficult when you're in the middle of something to step back and to see the bigger picture of what God's doing, right? When you have those interruptions, when you have those things that you have your pattern of life and this rhythm, and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Any kind of interruption? <laughs> kind of changes everything, right? <laughs> Sometimes those are good things because they help us stop and look at life. I want to share with you really briefly um, so this last week, um, my husband and our, our lives have been interrupted um, in a good way. Our daughter went to school to be a vet tech, and she works at Valley College, and uh, she found a kitten was brought, brought in about a week and a half ago, and uh, this kitten was in real bad shape, um, really bad shape. And for whatever reason, my daughter Anna was just really compelled and connected to this kitten, and um, you know, there's so many animals and cats and dogs out there, and a lot of times they just say, just euthanize them, right? And, um, of course, her heart is not that way. Her heart is a heart of compassion and a heart of hope. And so we saw in her this, you know what, this one's got a chance. And so the last few days, um, you know, she was doing all she could to give this kitten an opportunity, a chance. And actually, last Saturday at the emergency vet place, the cat actually passed away. Um, and they were able to revive it, and it's a whole story, and there's lots of details I can't go into. Um, but I'm watching this kitten become a, a tool that the Lord is using, not only in my daughter's life, but, but in my husband and our life. Um, my parents housed the kitten for two days last weekend because they were working out the parasite issue, and we have two cats ourselves, so we didn't want to necessarily bring the kitten home while it was struggling potentially with parasites and things like that. And long story short, because of prayer, because of the power of God, um, this kitten has just continued to get better and better and better. Um, it eats, it goes to the bathroom. I mean, it is growing. Uh, and, and literally, the people at her work are like, this is a literal miracle kitten. They, they counted it out. They were like, there's no hope for this kitten. And um, it's just been incredible what care and attention and time can do for a life. And as I'm watching my daughter, you know, do this, so she's not here today because she's literally home uh, right now with the kid. And we've got foster care set up for a few weeks and then some other plans. But um, sometimes God interrupts our life with things that are completely a mess and like we don't understand. And it interrupts our rhythm, but in a good way, because sometimes we realize our priorities are out of whack. And we need that, like, okay, let's slow down. And so, you know, this week we've been able to help. This kitten's been in our basement. And we came to find out that she had eight broken ribs on top of all the other life-altering things. Um, but because my parents and many of us, we had already been praying healing and health and wholeness over her and, and really praying. I, I already knew that some of those things were broken because you can feel them. Um, literally, she walks She's not in pain. You can tell God is already healing her. I mean, she is like this lively miracle. Um, the x-rays show. You can see the little breaks. Um, but yet the doctors are like, she shouldn't be walking. She should be crying all the time. 
and she's not. She's walking, and she's doing really well, and we just know it's the power of God. We know that it's prayer. We know that she is being healed, has been healed, and is being healed. And again, I know people are like, well, it's just a cat. But yeah, but God created that kitten. God cares. And I think for us, it it shows us God's love for us, his literal like intention and like, you matter. You might feel broke. You might feel abandoned. You might feel like no one cares. But God showed up and rescued you just like this kitten got rescued. Literally, it would have died. There's no doubt. If, they, if it wouldn't have been found, it would have died. And that's our story. That's our rescue story. God showed up some, at some point in your life, wherever you were, and you had no hope and you were broke by sin, by your choices, by things other people did, I don't know. And God scooped you up and he said, you're mine. Let me care for you. Let me tend you. Let me heal you. And some of you are still in that process. And there might be some of you here today, you've not let God do that to you yet. You've not let him pick you up. Maybe you've rejected him up until this point. You don't know him as Lord and Savior. You don't know him as friend. You don't know him as caretaker, the one who loves you no matter what. And this kitten has like rocked our world. We were talking last night, like, what are options? You know, we, I have a two cat maximum in our house, but we have a basement and our daughter's, you know, older and she knows she's going to be moving out. And so maybe for a few months we might, you know, have three cats-ish, you know, but we're figuring it out because again, it wasn't in the plans. It wasn't in the pattern. It wasn't in the rhythm. Certainly we weren't ready for it, but sometimes God does that so we can pause, so we can... <laughs> What matters in life, right? It's the people around us. It's those who really need our attention, who really need our care. Maybe that's your neighbors, or maybe that's someone in your family that they just need extra time and attention. And you know what? You don't really have it, but you know God is calling you to call them up, invite them to dinner, go out, like be the person that cares for, that tends, that shows up for that rescue, that makes sense? So I've been a little emotional this week because I love animals. <laughs> That's why I have a two cat maximum. Otherwise, we'd have lots of animals. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. I can hear my husband saying amen. <laughs> oh, man. So a couple questions just to think about. What if we could see things from God's perspective? What if we could see things from how he views it? What can we learn from the creation account in Genesis about how God stays in rhythm, how he lives there? He lives in rhythm. How, what can we do? How can we learn? Life has a rhythm to it. Whether you agree or not, it, it does. Different cultures adhere to different unique cadences like siestas, right? Um, while also adhering to time-tested and proven rhythms that extend all the way back to divine creation. The point being, cadence or rhythms, that's a universal truth that expresses itself uniquely in every individual. And we've got to recognize that the rhythm of life is a good and godly gift. It's a gift that we've been given. Since the beginning of time, God has set these things in place for us. 
and they are meant to be blessings. Amen? So a couple thoughts just on this text is, number one, this. This is God's design. He put it in play. So you can choose it or you can reject it. But if you reject it, you're going to be living outside of God's set rhythms for everything. I'm going to tell you a little secret. That's not going to work. Okay? I mean, the God that created it all has set it in place. So if you think you're going to go outside, it's not going to work, right? (laughs) So God's design matters. Using this point, which we've already identified, God broke up his creative process into separate days of creation, right? God created the sun, the moon, the stars, signs to further help mark seasons and days and years. And this is important, right? God created the sun, moon, and stars to serve as signs which mark us different years, seasons. God built rhythm into creation. The sunrise and sunset, they're not just for our beauty, not just to enjoy. They're majestic, they're inspiring, but they are signal flares which help us stay in groove that God has gifted us with, right? Sunrise, sunset. To further emphasize this point, it was only after this that God created all living creatures, the land, the sea, the air, and the water. And then, of course, humans came in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God created humans, and he said, that was very good after he created us. Everything else he spoke into existence, when it came time to create you and I, he pulled from the ground to create Adam, right? And then from Adam, he took the rib to create woman. He was intentional. He was purposeful on that. If you're seeing things from God's perspective, you'll see and understand the beauty in these boundaries. That's what they are. They're boundaries. Light and dark, that's a boundary. Morning and evening. Sunrise and sunset. I don't know why as humans we reject boundaries. We don't like parameters. We don't like that. We're like, hmm. The daily cadence that God created is for our good. It's a gift. If we will only accept it, if we will only just get in line, get in line with his rhythm. Amen? But here's the thing. We, We deal with the chaos of life. There's an enemy of our soul. Sin exists, and therefore chaos exists. There are things that happen to us that are outside of our control and beyond anything that we can do about it. And it makes it impossible to plan. I would argue that this is precisely the reason to humbly submit ourselves to the cadence that God has put out there. To humbly just submit, Lord, not my will, but your will. Not my priorities, but your priorities. Our bodies are biologically attuned to rhythm. The creation of everything was put in at the very beginning, that there is a rhythm to life. So it was God's design from the beginning. The other thing I want to just bring our attention to is this. It's, been our, it's our daily bread. There's cadence in what we need to do to survive spiritually. We eat daily. We drink daily. We have a rhythm to that, right? Some of us have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Some of us have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner right? Some, I mean, some people have first breakfast, second breakfast, you know, lunch. 
Uh, you know, there's different patterns, right? But everybody's got a rhythm, a cadence to how you're eating, how you're drinking. But we all need bread and water. We need food to live. Same thing, that God has put that in us from the beginning. How do I stay in the boundaries that God created? Great question. How do I live a life flourishing in health? Let's turn to Psalm chapter one. Let's look at some more scripture. Turn with me to Psalm chapter one. You guys doing all right? Got quiet on me. All right, Psalm chapter one, here we go. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. There we go again, you see the cadence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked, they are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. All right? But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Here we see God saying and emphasizing our need to connect with him, to meditate, to pray, to connect day and night. Again, back into that rhythm, not just every so often or not just once a week on Sunday, but that meditating in his presence and on his word. In just a few verses here in Psalms, it gives us incredible advice on healthy living. I'm sure you've heard people talk about distancing themselves or cutting off toxic relationships, right? Well, the psalmist here identifies the wicked, the mocker, and the sinner as people to avoid. Now, obviously, we're called to reach the lost, so we're going to have to have some interaction, but this is in close relationship. The harsh truth is that people who do not love God also won't care one way or another about the boundaries and the gifts he has given. All right, so you do have to guard your heart. You have to guard yourself while we still love and minister to those that don't know him, right? meditating on the law day and night. Where are you at on that? On that rhythm of connecting in with Christ, meditating on who he is. Is that something that's in the rhythm of your life? Morning and evening, God has instituted that from all the way back to the beginning. Daily rhythm of connecting with him. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 6, verse 11, to ask God for our daily bread. It says, give us today food we need, daily. Jesus' advice and what he understood all too well is that each day has enough trouble as it own, of its own, Matthew 6, 34. And that we are to go boldly to our heavenly father seeking our needs daily. Again, back to rhythm. We are daily to come to him asking for what we need, our heart and soul. We need spiritual food. You cannot go long without eating and drinking. That was what I was talking with my daughter. Like the kitten needs water more than it needs food, but it can't go long without food. So same with us spiritually. We've got to have that nourishment in our soul and in our bodies. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 118, verse 24. It says this, this is the day that the Lord has made. 
we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day you're choosing, right? We will rejoice and be glad in it. Are you finding reasons to rejoice today? Are you accepting of and open to the natural cadence of life? There's good and there's bad. There's hard and there's joy. Ecclesiastes talks about there's a time for things. There's a season. There's a cadence. There's a rhythm. And we have to accept that and we have to be okay with that. And I'll tell you, some of the hardest things in life to do is to accept what is and trust the Lord, right? To put it in his hands. But that's what he's called us to do. We have to give the ebbs and flows to life with, to the Lord and realize he's given us this gift of rhythm. And our challenge is to where are we at? Are we prioritizing his rhythms are we doing our own thing? Because if we're doing our own thing, it's just going to be a lot harder. He's got a drum beat, and it goes like this, and it's a certain beat, and you're either in it or you're not. Going against it isn't going to help you. And so our challenge today for all of us is to really look into our own heart and soul, our soul and ask ourselves, where are we at? Am I prioritizing Christ is he first in my life? Am I in his rhythm? Or am I trying to cram him in my rhythm, right? How often do we try to cram God in our box? Okay, I got you. Now we're, no, no, other way around. Amen. So worship team, if you guys would come on up. I want us to realize this. Every day is a gift. This kitten has really revitalize my whole concept of life and the importance of what we do and what matters. You know, some people would disregard a little life like that. And I think God wants to challenge us all that every day matters. Everything that we do matters. So let's do this. Let's stand to our feet. My prayer for you this morning is that as we looked at Genesis and we looked at the creation and God's plans for us, my prayer is that you would have a deeper appreciation of God's love and his care for you and your life and your health and your relationships. Those things matter. Chaos is not from God. Frustration, anxiety, all the things that burden us, that's not from God. But cadence is, rhythm is, from the very beginning, he set things in place according to his plan and his purposes. And if we would only surrender and just get in line, then we can live within that pattern. We can live within the blessings of how he's established it. Amen? And so I want us to this morning, just go ahead and close your eyes wherever you're at. And I want you just to take a moment and I want you just to pause and I want you to reflect on your own life and your own heart. What do your rhythms look like? Who's in charge of your 
life, of your daily choices, of what your week looks like? Is that God? Is he the one? Or are you the one determining all of that? Are you trying to fit him in versus letting him have it all, surrendering it all? So just take a moment right now and reflect on your own heart. shepherd in Psalm 23, you lead them beside still waters so that you can restore their souls. So many need hearts and souls restored. And so today, God, thank you that you are bringing that healing. You're bringing that strength right now. God, we just love you. We thank you, Lord, that you do care about each of us individually. God, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, as we go about our week, God, that we would just look for you, look for the activity of God, that we would uh, see where you're working and what you're doing. And God, may we give you glory for it all. God, I pray that we would leave here today with a little bit more knowledge of your love and your grace in our life. And God, help us to go and to be that light, to be that love. 